0: Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation and you take it from there. Today we will talk about what is the gospel part two. So, um, Okay, last episode, we covered some of the things when we talked about gospel and what it means and also what it means in our lives, and then um, about how Caesar or Trump or Obama is not Lord and Jesus is Lord is the part of the gospel. So today we'll uh, get into some other questions along the same lines, beginning with, um, and this is something that I think that many people uh, deal with in their lives about uh, a, a, a toxic gospel, if you will. So what is a lot of what we pass off, um, a lot of what is passed off as gospel in the world isn't good news, um, which as we talked about in the last episode is good news is, is the, the meaning of gospel or the meaning of gospel is good news. And so what are some examples of toxic gospels out in the world? Tom, what do you, what do you think on that?
1: I think the overall picture is that uh, the first thing that comes to mind if I think about a toxic gospel is just the picture that um, I grew up with where I'm trying to escape this world. Okay. This world this world is bad. This world is fallen. It's going to be burned up in a fire. Um, so I thought. And so the goal of of the gospel of my Christian life is so I can go to heaven and get into get away from this. Right. Um, that is not the image we see in um, the New Testament. If you want a good summation of that, surprised by hope. But you know, every Sunday we pray the Lord's prayer and we say, "Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Uh, in the book of Revelation, we see there's a new heaven and a new earth. So just as Jesus' body was redeemed, he was the risen Christ, but he still had the scars from the cross. So this world, that's the image of what we will be, what our inheritance is. So we will be redeemed, the world will be redeemed. This world isn't going anywhere. But there is the thought of why take care of this world if it's just going to burn up right or why take care of my body if it's just destined for the grave but the message of the new testament is that the things we do in this life will not be wasted the suffering we go through won't and the scars we have won't be forgotten so i think any version of the gospel that Pushes us away from being of any earthly good is a destructive gospel. Nice, nice, Everett.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll go um, a little bit of different directions. I think we've talked a lot about um, sort of um, how we screw up the good news of, of God and Jesus Christ. Um, and 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 there's plenty of people who have sort of rejected. Uh, anything that looks like Christianity because of sort of some of those negative images and stereotypes that we've discussed, one of the things I want to talk about is salvation from the other side, which is what does our culture say uh, that salvation is? Mm. And so how our culture puts salvation as um, something that that we achieve, you know, um, almost always consumer-driven, where your lack can be purchased at the store and four easy payments in 1999. <laughs> <It's> uh, <hard. laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, so, so the, so the stories within our culture are also offering a story of salvation, but it's one that will never, we'll, that also will never fulfill. So, so you have talks, to- so you have toxic Christian salvation, which is, which is, which, which is not helpful. Um, but the alternative of the, the wider culture's stories of salvation, which involved you not being good enough, you have to buy the right product, you have to get thinner, you have right. to get stronger, right. you have to achieve more, um, are also stories of salvation that, that fall flat.
0: Right, that's um, that's a good point. I I talked with um, the youth and just just recently about the story that we tell ourselves and how the world's story is always something that is um, told from a, a place of lacking either in the person that is attempting to uh, push you down into the wrong story, whether it be from bullying or something to that effect. uh, They're the ones that are lacking and trying to fill a hole within themselves, a void. Or if it's from a place of empire um, where they're trying to sell you something and tell you that you're not good enough because of this. And so if they can sell you or, as you said, make you... Thinner, or make you look this way, or make you look that way. Then that's the story of uh, salvation, as you said, from that side. That's good. That's interesting.
2: And 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 this is what's revolutionary, I think, about um, both scripture and Jesus is, is that scripture is told from um, the less than right. It's 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 always the the right. younger brother who um, who who gets the benefit. It's not the older brother. It's um, it's always the one that you would least suspect. Is the one who is um, key to salvation, and and that's what's revolutionary about it because there aren't other religious stories that I'm aware of that that
0: is is common. Hmm. Right? There's always it, it not always. Sorry, I don't mean to say that. It, it seems that winning is all is is the tone that is said in out in the world. If you're not winning, <laughs> then, you're, then you're not good. You know, that it's associated yep. with good. And uh, I think that's a lie that is told in many places. And as you said, uh, the gospel comes from an underside. This story does, comes from the underside of things and is uh, counterintuitive, uh, uh, sorry, not counter, but counter to the world that we live in. And uh, it's a subversive gospel that uh, goes out and tells us that right now, we are good enough. We are exactly what God had in mind at this time. And and that's in Genesis. um, And when you read about that, and so the world doesn't get uh, a say-so in what we determine as our lives or where our salvation uh, comes from. So um, any other thoughts on that or the toxicity of other uh, gospel messages?
1: I forward. agree with everything you guys have said, yeah. and I think we don't. We could not say any more yeah. about it. It's not possible. Okay, great.
0: All right, number two. Um, so the the next thing I wanted to jump into was um, understandings of the cross and the gospel. That is, uh, message that Christ died for our sins, and He overcame death. Um, what does it mean in our lives that he overcame sin so that's that's one understanding of what happened on the cross um uh, what what does that mean for us well i i, I think that um the the
2: cross which in um uh, roman times would be akin to say uh, an electric chair or um you know, we don't, we don't electrocute people much in our country anymore, but we tend to put them to death by uh, lethal injection. But that right. doesn't have the same kind of visceral reaction. I mean, the cross was, was a symbol of violence um, by the Romans in which they said to people, if you do not uh, behave and if you do not follow Caesar's Lord, this is what will happen to you. It was gruesome. It was brutal. Um, it was a... Um, it was a rough way to die. Um, it was I mean, it took a long, long time. people on on the cross that they ended up suffocating is is really how they how they died. Um, and so there's nothing, there's nothing that on the face of it looks holy um in in the cross. And yet, um Christians have claimed that that somehow through this unholy action, um God has redeemed the the world. Through it, and so, um, you know, this idea of Jesus bearing our sins upon the the cross, I think, is is an important image and metaphor not to to not lose. Okay,
0: okay. For the wages of sin is death. Um, that's something that came to mind when you were speaking about that, uh, and that's that's in Paul, I believe. Um, I'm sure Tom could tell us exactly where. And and is that the something? Is is that talking about our death—that because of sin we um, are dead, or will die, or is the wages of sin uh, death because of the death that Christ? What is what,
1: what is the meaning behind that? Can someone explain that? Well, Justin, it's Romans six twenty
0: three. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> uh,
1: so the wages of sin. Well, first your first question. Um. How did Christ free us from the power of yeah. sin Go ahead. is that sure, is sure. that what you said yeah so i I think that we everett said this in the last episode, but the cross um changes reality. It's hard for us to see that, and it's hard for us to think like that Ooh. but um the the cross there's these dark forces that rule the world um they have reign over us. And you could think of them as the spiritual forces of wickedness, or you could think of them as money, materialism. I feel like you have a demon at your house, Justin. Can you hear that? <laughs> is
0: that oh, Poe? Uh, yep, yeah, that's Poe. He had to make his entrance on the podcast. That's my oh, yeah, ninety-pound
1: German Shepherd saying hello to everyone. <laughs> I'm glad he's on the. Um, I'm glad his voice he, is recorded for was, all the world. He was backing up. <laughs> He was backing you up. That was his amens. <laughs> Amen. <ahead>. So, <laughs> somehow, in a way that I can't comprehend, because I'm a human and I'm also Western, whatever happened on the cross freed us from sin, um, because evil was dealt with. And so this, like, sin is, fractures our humanity. It It makes us less who we are than what God intended us to be. And it's, it's idol worship. You know, we worship money. We worship materialism. We worship our possessions. We worship our image, whatever. These things are, have power over us. And somehow the cross gave us the ability to be free from that power. But we have to, um, accept our vocation. in as a Christian, we have to walk, um, have to walk in that new way and it's the opposite of it's different than moralism so that's why most Mm, of us see the cross that this frees us from the gospel is all about me being good and moral and i'm not saying being moral is a bad thing but it's kind of a pagan view of the cross or sacrifice to say that uh, God just took the rap for all the bad stuff I did, you know because right. for my bad behavior it's it's more about freeing us from death and giving bringing life uh, this it's uh, changing the world basically it's is the message that we read about in the New Testament right
2: when you try to um talk yeah. about what happened on the cross without like a proper view of the Trinity, you can get into some really strange like you know, God the Father wanting to punish somebody, so he decides to, to punish his son.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, which well, just, we have to remember that, you know, Jesus is also part of the, the Trinity. Um, and so I, I just, I think sometimes the way that we've talked about the cross and we've talked about what happened on the cross is like Jesus is this innocent bystander who somehow got pulled into this thing and all of God's anger goes down upon Jesus. And that's a really bad telling of the story. Um, but in 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 the telling of the story, in which sin is real and sin has to be dealt with, and that that Jesus, the incarnate um, Word of God, um, somehow through His death and resurrection deals decisively with the reality of sin.
1: Okay. And Ephesians, does, go ahead. No, Jessica. go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Ephesians one ten talks about. Um, well, it says. That in Christ God has brought together in in Him all things in heaven and on earth, and that took place at the cross. So somehow heaven and earth came together in that moment, and uh, death and sin are defeated. So how is that? It's a mystery. I don't know. I'm not God, and (laughs) I don't. I have trouble seeing you know spiritual truth, but or reality because I'm a weak human that's the message of of paul and of the new testament i think okay so i you know i i want to
0: go too many different ways right now because that's so powerful in what you said and in how he brings together heaven and earth on the cross and from that um you know i want to ask what do we do with that so what do we do with that knowledge? And um, and maybe, and then like you kind of said too, because we're human, maybe that's too big. Maybe that's too big for us to sit down and answer. Um, I mean, how do you answer that, right? Um, but, mm,
2: okay. I think, I think this is, I think that the, the danger is trying to reduce the crucifixion of Christ to a doctrine or to a theory, <laughs> um, it's one of those things that you have to continually go into the the, the mystery of. Okay. Um, and you know, there's not there's not one doctrine um, that is sufficient and fully explaining uh, what happened. Nice. I, I think I think I think Words Tom file. Wright, one who said that Je- that Jesus didn't give us a doctrine of atonement, he gave us a meal. And so somehow Christ crucified is something we participate in in the liturgy.
1: Very nice. I like that. Tom, any thoughts or anything to add? Well, I did before Everett started talking and then I forgot because it was so good. It was going to be good. good. What? What you were going
2: to say
0: was so good?
1: It was. (laughs) I just forgot it. No, what you said. I thought thought he was
0: complimenting Everett.
1: I thought (laughs) he was complimenting Well, no, Everett's was so good that I forgot what That's I what was I thought. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry guys. Okay. Well, what um, was your question, though, Justin?
0: All right. So um, it, it, I, I want to go back to the wages of sin is the – for the – I feel like I'm saying it wrong. For the wages of sin is death. Is that the way you say it? Is that Romans 6.23? Yeah. Right? Depend, yeah, roughly. So, okay. I hear and have heard that many, many times in my life. What is that referring to?
2: I think it refers—oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, you go ahead.
2: Well, I, I think it refers <laughs> to how, how death is the consequence of sin. So what happens, Adam and Eve were intended to live with God forever, Okay. and what happens? They sin, and so death becomes part of the story. Right, surely if you and take so, the fruit
0: of the tree, you will die. You will surely die.
2: Yeah. And I, and I, and and I think it's important to, to think, we need to think primarily about sin corporately. Like as Tom talked about as a, as a power rather than the individual, you know, things that I do or don't do the old, um, the old prayer book. um, And that is so hard,
0: dude. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That is so hard from my experience. Um, And I am trying, um, but that's, that's not the Christianity I felt like I was given. Um, it was all about me, you know what I mean. Um, and I know we've had episodes on this, but that is such a hard mindset to change, too. But I, but I agree with you. Sorry, go, keep going. I just wanted to say that real quick.
2: <laughs> well, it was like the twenty-eight prayer book confession. There was that phrase in there in the confession of there is no health in us. Hmm. Like it, it, it talks about like the reality of sin in a way. That I think we sort of have have lost,
1: mm.
2: um, because the the confession that's in there now is the things that I have done and left undone. Whereas before, the confession was about the reality that sin controls my life, and I need I need Jesus to save me. Mm. Mm. I think I'm a huge fan of the twenty eight. <laughs> I'm like I don't know.
0: There's some people listening to this going, what the heck's he talking about? <laughs> Sorry. It's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. Google it. Google it. All right, Tom, any any
1: thoughts there, Dad? Well, I mean, we know what it meant when we were kids and we heard that said in church, the wages of sin is death. Yes, I'm right? going to die if I, if I say the S word. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. Yes. But, I mean... It also meant that the way of Jesus leads to life and the way of, you know, it's like in Proverbs, you see wisdom, woman wisdom, and then you see the foolish man. And the foolish man is just led down a path to destruction because he follows all the wrong people and all the wrong paths. You know, it's like, um, you know, he's just not doing well because he's just partying hard and living it up, you know, but. <laughs> The woman wisdom is taking care of her of the of herself and and living wisely. So right. there's a practical application to it. Um, but I think you guys hit the nail on the head when you there's a a cosmic understanding of going back to uh, our creation story um, that that somehow sin brought death, and then somehow Christ defeated death on the cross. Hmm. And that is good news. This is that genius thing I was going to say earlier. So, <laughs> I remembered it. So somehow we have turned that good news that, according to Acts, turned the world upside down. You know that was an attractive message. Somehow we have made that good news that it was a it was a proclaimed thing. They, it was in opposition to Caesar going out. Caesar has brought peace to the world by the sword. No, Christ has brought peace to the world through his death on the cross. And He's and the proof of it is the resurrection. So that was a proclaimed message, and it was good to hear. It was good news for all sorts of reasons, political, spiritual, you name it. But we have turned the gospel into, do you know Jesus? Have you been <laughs> saved? You know? Do you know the doctrine that our little unique brand of this whatever denomination that split 14 times has arrived at, and if you <laughs> arrive at the same conclusion we have, then you'll be saved, you know, and everyone who's not in our club is damned, and that's not good news, you know? Mm. So, we have greatly trivialized and minimized good news. When Jesus, in John 3, you know, it says 317, 4, God did not send his son into into the world to condemn the world but the, that the world might be saved through him and that's the world the world think about that anyway sorry that wonderful wonderful we need a clap track i think i've
0: said that before but no we don't no. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was good um okay uh, go can, ahead. can i go back yep. to, that, to yep.
2: that notion we were talking about earlier um Okay, so Tom, in in Romans, Paul says something along the lines of um, that death, and that that we should reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes. And, and and I think that part of what Paul's trying to get at is, is that that there is this new reality in Christ, like the new creation, and so while the wages of sin are death, um, Jesus bore that that weight and now we can consider ourselves alive in Christ Jesus and dead to sin right Mm.
1: um and and I don't know Romans 6
2: is that Romans 6
1: yeah
2: that's why we have you here Tom
1: (laughs) it's in the context of what the verse Justin was reading which I think is what 26 it's one it's in the whole thing in Romans 1 like it finishes that whole first part of Romans 6
2: Right, but I mean, um, we we that this 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 idea that Jesus Christ died for me, right? Where we kind of reduce it to this individual act, as opposed to it being like this cosmic event that changes it for everybody, that changes and transforms the whole world. I think has been one of the real failures of the Christian church in mm. the last however many years. I mean, I don't know what point that became popular to to say. I mean, but um, I, I think we have to think about the bigness of what God has done in Christ.
0: Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, because that Tom had spoke to that before, too, about saying how uh, Paul, uh, excuse me, Tom, you can jump in on this because I'm just reading your words, but you were saying that um, Jesus is the Messiah of Israel, but that the Gentiles get cut in on the deal. Um, yeah. And and I think that's something that that we don't understand uh, too is that this is a universal um, cosmic I think is the term um, event that occurred when uh, when all people are included within the uh, what Christ did on the cross for them. Um, so anything to add there, Tom? No, sir. Okay. Um, let's see something. Okay, so. Something else to this is kind of a part two on that was, what does it mean in our lives that he overcame death? Um, do you think
1: you've already touched on that, or is there more to expand on there? I mean, that's a huge question. If we answer that question, we... its I feel like that's the question that's beyond us. Okay. Um, there's a practical aspect. I mean, if you think about... People who saw this guy die, then seeing him alive again, but alive in a more real, vivid way than they knew life could be, then they don't fear death anymore. And they had firsthand proof. So, or you see, uh, you know, continued experiences of the resurrected Christ. I mean, it's hard to say, well, that's not, it's hard to say that's not what defeating death looks like. But then... We live in a world where we don't see and experience that. This is a faith thing we're saying, so right. right. Um, it's a big question. It is, and that's
0: that's where the the um, I, I go back to. Uh, I'll say empire again comes because it it gives us power over the empire. Who, which the Roman Empire had the cross, right? As as Everett explained earlier, and that was always held over anyone under roman occupations head is um you know we'll hang you on a cross (laughs) and uh that death was looming and if you don't obey this is it and now in our world um you know where does that come into play where does where do empires hold death over our lives but i think too to just As opposed to a physical death, I think it goes into those worlds of understanding of salvation through um, the billboards and what we can buy and how we can recreate ourselves. Because are we walking around dead Um, because we've, we've accepted this minuscule salvation or gospel that is just making ourselves good enough so that the world sees us as good, whether it be a body type or a style or what we wear or what we have and things like that. Aren't we dead already? Um, and I think the power of overcoming that death and realizing the freedom in through the gospel message and living a life of creation and beauty and kindness and love um, is a way of overcoming death so the Empire has lulled us to sleep by making us concerned with ourselves through consumerism and, and like other isms um, so much so that it's our faith has become only about us or about me so i think that's kind of what ever said jesus died for me as he alluded to earlier where that is part of a failure of the teaching of the church um making the cross personal as opposed to um say communal or or even more so than that cosmic is uh one of our failures so that, that's kind of what um, I heard Everett say earlier um, uh, along the lines of overcoming death. Uh, any other thoughts on that before we move on?
2: No, I think that's a pretty good summary.
1: Okay, Nothing that could add to it.
0: All right. So let's move into our last point on this, which um, is the gospel, the question of, is the gospel the same here? as it is in the other side of the world or, or a third world country. And one of the examples I have was um, what is the go- what is the good news to a human being being sold in Libya right now, where they have human trafficking or slavery going on, if you will. What is uh, what's the good news for those people um, in, in a, in a, across the, across the pond or uh, in a third world country? What are your thoughts there? Let's dig into that.
2: You know, I, I, um I think that it that question is particularly challenging for the prosperity gospel. Um, Joel hmm. Osteen and and some others who basically say that God's deepest desire is for you to be you know wealthy and happy and fulfilled, um, and it's it, and it's defined in economic terms. And so I think that uh, that that's a real challenge of the popularity of the the prosperity gospel um, is you know somebody in slavery uh, their their whole sense of of identity is so radically different that that gospel would not even make sense to them.
0: Right, right. The word blessings, um, I've been blessed, you know, and things like that. Uh, uh, when it's used in that way. Um, which goes back to the uh, blessing of Abraham and um, how that is interpreted, I think, uh, is something that, and I've seen a lot of um, posts, uh, blog posts and things like that, not, not so recent, but some time ago of how um, we need to stop using that word <laughs> because it doesn't mean what we think it means, you know, because people um, take the word blessing and use it for prosperity as you kind of alluded to. But like you said, that doesn't really work over there. It's like, um, and if it is, then it's a toxic thing, right? Because um, I just I just caught myself. I don't like, I guess, using the word over there. I, I used the word those people a minute ago, and I hate that. That made me cringe for a minute. So um, our brothers and sisters in other countries <laughs> of uh, area, sorry. Um, but thinking about that word blessing and what that means. So what is what is the gospel? For someone who's being sold as a slave. Well,
1: if we get back to the idea of the gospel as a spiritual reality, as rooted in the resurrection and rooted in the life and death of Jesus that somehow fundamentally changed human existence, then the gospel is ultimately the same. For me and for you or for someone in the third world or the developing world the question. I think I feel like that question Doesn't I feel like that question causes us to ask if we have the right gospel. I if agree our, Yes, if our version the same thing right yeah if right. our version of the gospel doesn't work in the third world That's then right. That's the filter that tells us that we have the wrong gospel exactly
2: Exactly. And I do, I, I, I think that there's a challenge to progressive Christianity in regards to this question. So, for instance, you know, one of the issues the Episcopal Church has been wrestling with is the question of, you know, human sexuality. Who, you know, are, um, you know, are gay marriages just just as holy as, as um, heterosexual marriages? And um, a lot of times what progressives will say is, well, if you're in— that country over there, do you really even care about this question? Mm. And, and I think it's important to say, even if somebody is in the midst of being in a slave state, um, even if they're, you know, destitute and poor, it doesn't take away their ability to think critically about issues. And, and, and I have a concern with, um, with progressive Christianity in this country, which sort sort of wants to impose upon its vision of a just society um, upon others, taking away their human agency. I'm not sure how that fits in it, but I just felt like it needed to be said.
1: I feel (laughs) like we just wandered into a completely different episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a very interesting episode. The, well, but, but I
2: guess I, I mean I, I mean here's the thing is I mean I think you know, I, I think in progressive Christianity, uh, p- particularly on its emphasis upon social justice, is that that at times it can po- can impose a Western democratic vision of what social justice is upon somebody in a different culture for whom you know it they just have a different. You know, I you know just just have a different mindset and viewpoint and worldview, and trying to impose that upon others. I mean, so Chris conservative Christianity can 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 do it. You know, focus on the prosperity gospel and personal salvation um, without regard to um, sort of uh, the community social justice issues. But but progressive Christians can also do it um, as well in sort of taking away agency and free thought from folks. Um, by imposing a, a Western viewpoint of what justice looks like.
1: So you're saying it can happen on both sides? The, both
2: sides, yes.
1: The real asking whether this gospel works in the third world or a developing world is a good measuring stick of... Right.
0: Right. And, we, yeah. and we've talked about this before, um, where the uh, inglorious pastors... Uh, podcast brought this about i mean this is a long time ago um and that was the it, it does your um does your theology work in the third world and if it doesn't then what good is it and, and that that comes to um where faith if you um some ways that it can be viewed on our side is a um Everett, you may remember this, but there is the uh, therapeutic deistic or deism. There was moral a, therapeutic deism. M- thank you. Say it again. Moral therapeutic deism. And that's the gospel in the Western world, where it's like if it can make me clean and make me okay and make me okay with myself, then that is good news. Where um, that that is a um, Uh, that's that's wrong (laughs) that's not the gospel and so when we think about it like that we put that over and and i do this i put that into someone being sold as a human slave and i think to myself is like what is what do they care about that you know what do they care about morality or things like that and it doesn't it doesn't work in that world Um, in in what's happening there i should say um and so the gospel so what what is the gospel that we have shared and i think we've covered a lot of this um but when they think about the gospel there um for for someone if, if if i could only i mean i can't put myself in the place of someone being sold sold in human trafficking but it's a hope it is a hope of something better and I think that moves into a hope of if life after life after death. You know, um, it comes to a hope because right now I don't know what's going to come of. Uh, you know, I hope that I am um, somehow saved from human trafficking. Uh, but just as Paul was sitting in prison writing letters um, and, and felt a freedom there. And, uh, you know, as he said, what did he say, even, you know, I, I, my, my temperament's the same, even when I'm hungry, when I'm not hungry, when I'm this and when I'm that. So basically I'm a prisoner, not a prisoner. I'm still the same, even where I'm at. Wow. What faith, but does well, someone <laughs> go ahead?
2: Well, I, I think the, the, the moral implications there are. So even though maybe human trafficking, um, is not an issue that I have to worry about directly. Um, although I think we, you know, we we hide the how uh, prevalent the issue is in, in, in America. Mm. Is the question is is how, how how do my actions and behaviors participate to an economy Ooh. in which taking advantage of um, of a person um, is um,
0: uh, is profitable. Juice, that's another episode so like, itself. <laughs> I,
2: so like, 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 you know, por- pornography creates an economic environment in which um, sexual trafficking it becomes an economic good in that world. If you know what, if, you yeah, know, right,
1: right,
0: profiting. So, office, and yeah.
2: so, I mean, that's. I mean, so I think those are the cosmic questions um, about it. Is is that you know, to what degree do my actions and behaviors impact you know? You know those, those those questions for for folks who are living in a different sort of cultural and and world environment than I am
0: right All right Tom add to this take us somewhere else go ahead thoughts on that
1: I can't think of anything I, I feel like we've totally said everything that can be said about this I don't <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to develop this more because I, I, um, I, I I'm I I feel like there's more to this that we could um, get into with the gospel, and um, I don't know I, I don't know I'm I'm interested more in that third world piece. Uh, because when there is concern, your only concern is with food. Um, uh, and or, well, no, sorry, clean water, clean water. What what are you? What do you? What does the gospel mean to you? And and I'm I'm curious too. And and maybe this is my misunderstandings and ability not to relate our Western, or or, no, sorry, the gospel, you know, put it down over third world and Western country, or if you will, if I can say it like that. And so maybe it's just me who's not grasping this totally. Um, But I don't know, I'll give it some thought. Uh, There was something else I was going to say. What was it? Um... I don't want to... Go ahead.
1: I, I will say that I do think... We have trouble articulating the gospel. I know I do. Yes. I can can (laughs) tell you what it's not, but I can't tell you. It's harder to say what it is because... Why is that? I don't think the way they thought in the first century. So it's not... um, It's harder for me to come up with a... And it's it's huge. And we can't say that it doesn't feel like the world has changed. It doesn't feel like reality has shifted. I think for them, the early Christians, by faith we believe, you see somebody who is dead, alive again, and yes, reality has shifted. But it's harder for us to see that. So I think that's part of the reason these alternative explanations have arisen.
0: Mm.
1: But I, I wouldn't want to leave the impression that I think Like somebody whose main concern every morning is where am I going to get something to eat and where am I going to get something to drink? That these issues all carry the same weight. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think if it's something, if the gospel is fundamentally an announcement of a change to the world, then it's the same for everyone. It's just whether we're at we have the obligation to help people be aware of it, though, because, or to give them water and food so they can be aware of it. Right. We have, And we have to show that change in the world through our actions. Right. So. I think that, and again, touching back on Paul,
0: who was a prisoner when he was writing um, specific, certain letters, and how his His demeanor did not change throughout that. And so the focus was still sharing the gospel, sharing love, and uh, encouraging and affirming and correcting others. Um, and so through the life and death and resurrection of Christ, uh, there's still that hope that reigns that for us and for our community that we can all be, uh, resurrected and and part of new creation and new humanity, and so I think if we all view it that way, even though when you drill down, the little bullet points are different in in our world, if you will, in the in the world in Libya and different places, uh, it just looks what the actions are, but the the meaning of overall is the same. I don't know how's that sound.
2: <laughs> no, I That's think I think, I think I think
0: I think I think you're right on there. All right, let's, um, I, I, we did go over our time. I'm sure some of you are going, what's going on? Um, and so we did go over our time to try and add this piece into it because we want to talk about this. And so um, we hope that everyone has enjoyed um, what is the gospel. Everett, do you have anything to uh, wrap up on this or to find, to say? Nope. Okay, Tom? No, sir. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at fungrainpod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.